0: and welcome to another installment of Bar Talk Podcast bringing you everything you need to know about law via discussions, interviews, and news updates. This is the audio version of the 2021 Omaha Bar Association Law Day Lunch. First to speak today is Omaha Bar Association President... Dave Cockel.
1: Welcome. I'm Dave Cockel, President of the Omaha Bar Association. Thank you for joining us virtually for Law Day 2021. The pandemic might have forced us to change how we meet and communicate, but it will not stop us from celebrating what President Dwight D. Eisenhower established in 1958 as a day of national dedication to the principles of government under law. The importance of the rule of law and its contributions to the freedoms that Americans enjoy has been recognized every year since then. In 1961, the Congress of the United States designated May 1 as the official date for celebrating Law Day. Law Day provides us with an opportunity to understand how law and the legal process protect our liberty, help us achieve justice, and contribute to the freedoms that all Americans share. The Omaha Bar Association's Executive Director, Dave Summers and the OBA Law Day Committee chaired by Doug Law and John Menacucci have worked hard to produce a fabulous program for this year's Law Day celebration. Programs or events like this are an example of what the OBA does for its members and the legal community. The OBA also provides value to our members by offering online CLE and content and the fabulous Lawyer Referral Service, which is adeptly managed by Donna Berkby. We appreciate your participation in our online offerings during the pandemic and your continued participation in the Lawyer Referral Service. We have noticed during the pandemic that more people are calling for help. Please help us address this need by joining LRS if you are not a member. The good news is that we will get back to in-person events this summer, starting with our field day at Champions Run on Monday, July 19, 2021, so save the date. The Omaha Bar Association looks forward to seeing you in person at next year's Law Day Luncheon. But this year, with a big thank you to Dave Summers and the Law Day Committee for the time and special skills it took to pull together this virtual Law Day, I turn things over to co-chairs Doug Law and John Menacucci. Thanks for all you did. Enjoy.
0: Next to speak is Omaha Bar Association Law Day Committee co-chair Doug Law.
2: Welcome everybody to the 2021 Law Day uh, Luncheon. We're glad that you're with us today. Unfortunately, last year, as you know, due to COVID, we had to cancel our event and this year, although we tried to make this an in-person event, uh, we recognize that uh, the COVID still not quite finished. It's getting better and, and this year we're doing a virtual event, as you know. Uh, hopefully next year, everything will be back to normal and we'll be right back where we started from and have been for years and years. This year's Law Day is special in one respect in that when I started as the Law Day committee member almost uh, 20 years ago, uh, Steve Acapul was the, the chair of the committee at the time and he and Sarah really did a great job of, of continuing Law Day and showing me, you know, as a young younger lawyer, um, I guess the value of Law Day and what that meant. So, uh, you know, we want to honor Steve's legacy and his traditions and so you know I want to give a shout out for him also one of the uh, best speakers that we've ever had at law day is judge Smith camp and of course she's not with us either but again we want to celebrate her legacy and the fact that impact that she's had on law day and through uh, our our association um, one last person that's not with us uh, Mardi was the executive director way back when I got started and you know she's also not with us but once again, you know it was always a pleasure to work with her and to see her smiling face. But thankfully, you're all with us. Uh, we're here today to put on another great law day on a virtual method, and so here we go with Law Day 2021. You know, even though we're on Zoom, um, um, this is the first time I think I've had a suit on in a couple of months, and so you know. I'm asking Dave not to pan down because I may, I may or may not have sweatpants on. And so for those of you that are at home watching this, uh, you're free to stay in your yoga gear, if that's what you want. We know we're not gonna make you sh- prove otherwise, but thank you for attending. And if you've got your Zoom suit on, we, we appreciate that. And If you don't, uh, enjoy the, enjoy today. This year's Law Days, brought to you by a number of different organizations. And we have no- different people on the lot Day that have really contributed to its success this year. I'd like to recognize those individuals now. Tom Tilden, Sandy Armstrong, Jamie Hermeson, Linda Plachek, Linda Henningsen, uh, Doug Laws, one of your chairs. John Minicucci is one of your co-chairs. Ann Miller, Donna Olson, Jean Reeder, Larry Rowland, Cameron Hassan, Amber Roberts, and Dave kukul who is our current interim president. So normally we'd give those people a round of applause here. We'll give them the virtual round of applause. So thank you all of those committee members. In addition to the committee members, we also have a special thank you to the uh, Daily Record and specifically Scott Stewart, Jason Huff, Linda Henningson, and we want to thank you for your work and the special tributes that you do on Law Day and, and this year's edition of Law Day is, is is as stellar as all the years you've been producing that in the past. We encourage you to go out to the website, our Omaha Bar website, to read some of the different essays or to see the different posters that the, that the contestants have submitted. Uh, we also have a ver- various other activities which we'll go through uh, as part of our Law Day. So the first event that we have is the Lawyers in the Classroom event. And this year, unlike many years where we send lawyers out to every school where we can get into a fifth grade. Uh, We obviously couldn't do that this year, so we had to improvise uh, thinking over last year and this year, and it came up with a perfect solution. And that solution is, um, it was an idea that even Judge Smithkamp had endorsed uh, when she was on the committee last year, and the idea was to take a book that's written by Senator Christian Gillibrand on the 19th Amendment, and to present that to the various schools in the community of Omaha and targeting primarily Omaha public school systems first, but then also reaching out to some of the other school districts and see, and making sure that their library had at least one copy of their fifth grade teachers had access to it. But it didn't stop there. So we also had three of our community lawyers, Sean and Jill Conway and Mallory Hughes, who are, pre- presenting to fifth grade students. And in this case, uh, the Conway's have a a child that's about their age. And so they're going into their virtual classroom at home and presenting lawyers in the classroom. And from there, Dave Summers has uh, edited that into a video and presented that to the school system so that the schools now have about an hour's worth of lawyer in a classroom video based on Senator Gillibrand's book and the lawyers talking about the 19th Amendment. As part of the underwriting for this uh, book and for the the project, there were many donors that have contributed to the success of this Lawyers in the Classroom, and we'd like to give them a personal thanks, and if we were at the event, we would have you all stand up and clap uh, for them. And I know they are honored and pleased to, to do this, and it is a great way to reach out to our fifth grade students within the community. One of the unexpected advantages, just like COVID has brought many surprises to us, is that even though we can't attend in person, the, the book that we're providing to these schools, we're actually reaching as many or more students. We've had at least 300 books that would, would go out to these fifth grade students, and getting into OPS is really sort of a game changer in that now they're on board with presenting this material to their classes, where before it was sort of a hit and miss, and we did a really great job of reaching out. But uh, to have that administrative support in in OPS is a great start for us, and we're looking to try to duplicate that success in future years in other school districts. So once again, I want to thank all the donors and thank all the lawyers in the past who have gone out and specifically, you know, stick around for next year or so when we try to expand this program, we're going we're gonna to need your help again. Next on our agenda is the fifth grade poster contest. So at this time, I'd like to turn it over to Amber Roberts, who's with the Nebraska Paralegal Association, and she's going to introduce the winners of the poster contest. If you're looking for the poster this year, unlike past years, you won't find it on Dodge Street, but if you go up 90th and Maple Street going north, you'll Take a look and you'll see that this year's winning poster.
3: The Nebraska Paralegal Association, NEPA, is proud to partner with the OBA again on the Law Day Poster Contest. NEPA is the leading professional organization for paralegals in Nebraska. Formed in 1976, our mission is to serve the paralegal community in the state through continuing legal education and resources to help paralegals thrive in their careers. Our involvement in the Law Day Poster Contest is a natural extension of this mission. This year we received a lot of posters from Omaha area fifth graders and it was a difficult decision. Our winners are first place Calvin Lute of Anchor Point. His poster is posted up on a billboard at 90th and Maple for all who drive by to see. And he also received $125 plus a Durham museum pass for one year. Second place went to Kendall Greenwald of Loveland and she received $100. And our third place winner Kennedy Nobles of Anchor Point received $75. This year, the teachers of our winners also received $50 as a thank you for all their dedication. And that went to Kathleen Cannon of Anchor Point and Kristen Maseth of Loveland. Congratulations to all of our winners. You did a fabulous job.
0: Again, we hear from Doug Law.
2: Uh, we're up to the essay contest for 8th graders, and I'm excited to see who won this year. Uh, each year, Brownell Talbot has come in strong, but in recent years, we've had some others. Uh, but at this time, I'd like to introduce Scott Stewart, who is working with the Omaha Legal Professional Association to select the winner of the 8th grade. Uh, the eighth
1: Good afternoon. The Daily Record sponsored the annual Law Day essay contest this year. Area eighth grade students were invited to reflect upon the theme of celebrating the rule of law in our country and write short essays on such topics as What does it mean that the United States is a country of laws and not of men. How does the majority benefit when minorities are protected by the rule of law. And what is the responsibility of judges when their personal opinions are in conflict with the rule of law. We received 42 submissions which were judged by members of the daily record writing staff. First place and $175 went to Eleanor Precker of La Vista Middle School, whose teacher is Cody Redford. Second place and $150 went to Thaddeus Katapa of Morton Middle School, whose teacher is Sharon Oakman. Third place and $125 went to Olivia Camerer of St. Pius X of St. Leo, whose teacher is Greg Gorski. Each teacher also received a $50 gift card from the Omaha Bar Association. Please join me in congratulating all the students on their great work this year.
0: Here is the first place essay for the eighth grade essay contest written by Eleanor Precker of La Vista Middle School And her teacher is Mr. Cody Redford.
4: The United States is founded on the concept of a government which guarantees certain unalienable rights to its citizens. However, despite American culture's profound emphasis on the right to freedom, all people cannot be free to do exactly what they want. Freedom has to be balanced with justice in a way that promotes equality and human well-being. I believe that in order to uphold such a balance, our laws must be written with human rights in mind and enforced honestly. All demographics of people should be protected equally according to the same laws, and only punished if need be. This concept is known as the rule of law, and it is a cornerstone of any true democracy. This is not a perfect nation, so the rule of law is not always equally upheld, but there is also a foundation in place for change. The right of free speech is protected by the Constitution, so the people are allowed to protest if the law is enforced unfairly and we can vote for lawmakers who will write and support just laws. In conclusion, all people deserve to have equal and legally protected individual rights, as long as they do not infringe upon the rights of others. The rule of law should keep both the average citizen and the people who enforce it from attempting to violate these rights. This allows the U.S. to stay in the balanced middle ground between the strict reign of tyranny and unregulated anarchy.
0: And now back to Doug Law.
2: Next up on our agenda is the Alfred G. Alec Award, and this is the Lawyer Referral Service Award for those who have been members of the referral service for at least 10 years. Um, Alfred G. Alec was a former OBA president. He also started the Legal Aid of Nebraska and also started the Lawyer Referral Service uh, for the Omaha Bar Association. So. That's why it's named after um, Alfred. This year to present the recognitions for the Alfred G. Ellick Awards is Amy Longo, one of our own Omaha Bar Association past presidents.
5: Good afternoon. As past president of the OBA, a member of the Lawyer Referral Service Committee and above counsel of Ellick Jones Law Firm, it is my pleasure to announce the 2021 recipients of the Alfred G. Ellick Lawyer Referral Award. The award named the Alfred Gaelic Lawyer Referral Service Award is awarded to those attorneys who have been a member of the OBA Lawyer Referral Service for 10 or more years. The award was first presented at the 2015 Law Day Lunch to 113 attorneys and the large number is a testament to the strong support the OBA Lawyer Referral Service has from members of the referral service. The award is named after Alfred G. Ellick, who in 1962, during the year of his presidency, established the OBA Lawyer Referral Service. Fifty-nine years later, the Lawyer Referral Service continues to be a cornerstone of the Omaha Bar Association's commitment to public service by its attorneys. Those attorneys receiving the award have shown dedication and commitment to the Lawyer Referral Service for 10 years, a significant amount of time. The Omaha Bar Association is grateful for their long-standing association with the service. At this time, we'd like to recognize the 2021 recipients of the Alfred G. Ellick Lawyer Referral Service Award. The recipients are Ashley Albertson, Melissa Eastman, and Chris Swans, Please join us in congratulating these attorneys on their 10 years of service to the OBA Lawyer Referral
6: Service.
2: Next, Next on our agenda is the Public Service Awards and this year's award has gone to the staffs of the Douglas County and Sarpy County Courthouses. If you're looking for more information regarding this Public Service Award and some of the individuals that contributed to the public service at the courthouses, please go to our Omaha Bar Association website. There's a lot of content up there, it's very interesting and you'll enjoy and appreciate some of the hard work that those individuals do on a daily basis. Introducing the OBA's Public Service Award is Stephanie Hansen, who is the OBA President-Elect and she's with the Douglas County Courts.
7: Good afternoon. I'm Stephanie Hansen, a judge on the Douglas County Court Bench and president-elect of the Omaha Bar Association. Thank you for being with us today. I have the pleasure of introducing the recipients of the 2021 Omaha Bar Association Public Service Award for non-attorneys. As all of us can attest, this last year has been a difficult one. And with heightened health risks, conflicting information and mandates, and many new normals for how we conduct legal business in our world, Things have shut down and many parts of our lives came to a standstill, but through all this uncertainty, one cornerstone of the legal system didn't stop. The courthouses and their staff, both in Douglas and Sarpy counties, continued to do the work necessary to keep business moving forward as safely and efficiently as possible. It wasn't always easy, but the courthouse staff have done extraordinary work to keep the wheels of justice moving. The 2021 Omaha Bar Association Public Service Award for non-attorneys is presented to the staff of Douglas and Sarpy County. Many years, this award is given to just one individual, but this year we are making a point to recognize and shine a light on the entire courthouse staff, top to bottom. Coordination and open communication between so many offices and involved parties was critical to keeping people safe and cases moving forward. And the staff did this in spades. The OBA's Law Day Edition newsletter includes specific stories of work that was done by the courthouse staffs over this last year. I invite you to read those when you can. Dave Summers has interviewed many of the staff and judges on video about what went on this last year. You can find those videos on the OBA website or our social media. The courthouse staff in Douglas and Sarpy counties did tremendous work this last year in the face of a very difficult situation. With their help, the courts were able to continue their work for the public and we are grateful for them. Please join me in congratulating the staff of the Douglas and Sarpy County Courthouses for their selection on this award.
0: Douglas County Court Administrator, Ron Murtaugh.
7: Um, first and foremost, we're extremely humbled and appreciative for this award. Um, I can't say enough of how important it is to be recognized among the bar and the citizens of Omaha. But quite honestly, this this award is a reflection on the staff and not only the staff, but our community partners, the city prosecutor's office, the public defender's office, and county jury's office. It's, it's a collective... It was a collective solution to a ever changing historical event that we will probably never see. So on behalf of the Douglas County court, but more specifically my staff whose passion lies within the court and the people we serve, I wanna thank you and thank the Omaha Bar Association for your continued support and this recognition.
0: Douglas County District Court Administrator, Doug Johnson.
8: I want to thank you guys for for uh, giving us this award of the public service award. So, um, thank you. It's all the bailiffs and judges and everybody kind of came together and and made this happen. So it was a Herculean effort by everybody involved to to change the way we do business. It's it was it was a major undertaking.
0: Judge Cheryl Lohaus, presiding judge for Douglas County Court in 2020.
6: Really, we couldn't have done it without staff and. Uh, there, you know, when you think about lessening the spread, you're not just worried about the community, your customers, the the lawyers and all the others, but you're worried about your staff. And none of us knew who had an underlying condition and what this virus would do to them. And we've, we have employees that have underlying health conditions and they refused to go home, but they were tremendous. And I know this award is for them. Um, it was a huge teamwork effort all the way around. So uh, I'm just, at least we have knowledge now
9: if something like that happens again, what what we need to do and it'll be a lot easier than if, if there is a next time. Hopefully there will not be.
0: Judge Horatio Wheelock, Douglas County District Court presiding judge. Uh, thank you on behalf of the Douglas County District Court uh for the award uh, that was bestowed upon us i can tell you that uh, this year uh, has been a very trying year but every district court judge has put their heart and soul uh, into making sure that the litigants have complete access to all courts and to make sure that all of the constitutional uh liberties are protected uh, so thank you uh, on behalf of the entire district court uh,
9: judges of Douglas County.
0: Dory Heath, Sarpy County District Court Clerk.
9: I would just like to thank Sarpy County IS, the facilities of communication, our fiscal department and all of my staff, my chief Def- deputy Jessica Butts and my office manager Amber Mathai for all pitching in and without all of these people, we would not have been able to continue to support the judges and the entire legal system. And I believe that we were able to provide an uninterrupted service to all the constituents and self represented litigants and the general public. And like I said, and we definitely wanted to be able to support our judges as well as we could. So thank you very much. I truly appreciate this award. It was surprising, but not unappreciative.
0: Paul Cohen, Omaha Douglas Public Building Commission Administrator.
1: On behalf of the Omaha Douglas Public Building Commission members and the staff of the commission, I want to thank the Bar Association for The award. It's much appreciated. We often don't get these kinds of things for doing the job that we are supposed to do and if we did it in a way that satisfied the need to make sure everybody
0: was safe in our facility, we really do appreciate the recognition. Thank you. And now back to Doug Law.
2: Next on our agenda is another public service award. It's the Robert M. Spire Award. That award this year goes to the Access to Justice Commission and to present the award and to discuss it is Dave Summers, our Executive Director.
0: Hello, I'm Dave Summers, Executive Director of the Omaha Bar Association, and welcome to our 2021 Law Day. Sorry we can't be in person at the Marriott like we have been in years past, but I'm really thankful for everybody who's on watching both live and on demand of this video. If you are looking for your credit, please email me at dave at omahabarassociation.com, and anyone wanting Nebraska city credit will get a quarter of an hour credit for watching. Online uh, on the Omaha Bar Association website, uh, you will find a lot of material and uh, supplemental uh, videos to this latte video. At this time, it's my pleasure to introduce our Robert M. Spire Public Service Award recipient. This year, the Public Service Committee has given that award to the Access to Justice Commission. The Access to Justice Commission was established in 2017 by the Nebraska Supreme Court, and it is co-chaired by Justice Stephanie Stacy of the Nebraska Supreme Court and Liz Neely, of the Nebraska State Bar Association. The commission itself is made up of many different uh, individuals and institutions within the legal community and the community at large. Um, and it is made up of three committees and consortiums um, that are incredibly uh, active and important to the work of the commission. It is truly a community effort to do the work of the commission. And we are so grateful for all that's being done for public service, for members of the public who need access to the legal system that are in the legal system and need representation or assistance and making sure that their access to the law is equal to everybody else's thank you so much and i look forward to seeing you in person at the next latte. due to technical difficulties justice stacy's remarks were not able to be videotaped but they were recorded and so here is a video with her audio recording
10: In our country, 96% of all court proceedings are resolved in the state courts. During fiscal year 2020, Nebraska alone had more than 313,000 new cases filed in our county, district, and separate juvenile courts. Our trial judges and our court staff play vital roles in protecting access to justice, but meaningful access really begins before a legal dispute ever reaches the courthouse door and it requires the active engagement of the entire legal community. Our state constitution declares the fundamental principle that all courts shall be open and that every person shall have justice administered without denial or delay. The preamble to the rules of professional conduct remind us that lawyers should be mindful of deficiencies in the administration of justice and should devote professional time and resources to ensuring equal access to our system of justice. So in Nebraska, equal access to justice is not just a catchphrase, it's the fundamental promise of the judicial branch. To help deliver on that promise, the Nebraska Supreme Court created the Access to Justice Commission. The idea was to identify the leaders in our community and in our courts who were already working hard to improve access to justice across the state, and then bring those stakeholders together in order to broaden the impact of that important work through collaboration and coordination and leveraging of limited resources. The 28 members of the Access to Justice Commission are uniquely positioned to help the court identify barriers to equal access and to recommend effective statewide solutions improve how the judicial branch administers justice. The ultimate goal of the Commission and all of its standing committees and working groups is to inspire and support the good ideas, big and small, that remove barriers to full access and improve how our courts operate so that every person in Nebraska has equal access to swift, fair justice. So on behalf of all 28 members of the Access to Justice Commission and all 78 members of that commission's standing committees and working committees, quietly doing this important work, we deeply appreciate the Omaha Bar Association's recognition of our collective work to identify and address inequity in our court processes and to improve equal access for all Nebraskans. We're honored to be included on the really impressive list of individuals and organizations who've been recognized with this public service award in the past and your recognition in 2021 will help to inspire our work going forward. Thank you very much.
0: Liz Neely, Executive Director of the Nebraska State Bar Association and co-chair of the Access to Justice Commission.
11: I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity to help recognize the Access to Justice Commission and the work of its committees. Uh, We all know that Nebraska's state motto is equality before the law. And as a profession, we want to live work within a system that lives up to that ideal and provides the same quality of swift, fair justice for all Nebraskans. And in fact, The rules of professional conduct call on lawyers to address deficiencies in the administration of justice. And if we don't do that, we risk loss of public trust and confidence in our justice system and in our profession. This work is important, and we're very glad to have you as a partner in it.
0: Judge Patrick Rungi, co-chair of the Consortium on Tribal, State, and Federal Courts, part of the Access to Justice Commission.
9: we are as part of the consortium it's 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 a real honor to to be recognized that we're we're performing that at the public services being performing being performed we we're really working hard to try to find ways in which the three sovereigns within the state can work together to make life better for the the people that we all serve. so um if particularly if the recognition moves towards gaining more public understanding of, of, of the existence of these kind of questions and can drive people to learn more, than, you know, then it's 100% worth it. And I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful uh, on behalf of the consortium to, for the recognition. So thank you.
0: Judge Stephanie Martinez, chair of the Committee on Equity and Fairness, part of the Access to Justice Commission.
7: I wanna say thank you for, for uh, giving us this award. It's really, it, it's all of our work is based on a collective effort throughout all of the members of the Access to Justice Committee. Justice Stacy has been a great mentor and leader in this committee. Uh, and we're really grateful for her leadership, um, for the support of the Supreme Court, for all of our local bar associations um, and our local boards as well. This, this really couldn't have been done or accomplished without the, the help of so many. So we're really grateful for the honor. Thank you.
0: Judge Frankie Moore, chair of the Self-Represented Litigation Committee, part of the Access to Justice Commission.
9: So on behalf of the Self-Represented Litigation Committee, uh, I, as the chair and my entire committee, want to thank all of you lawyers who have provided valuable services to individuals in our state, uh, whether it be through pro bono uh, representation, whether it be serving at a self-help desk, whether it be participating in clinics such as lawyers in the city events, uh, whether it be providing limited scope representation or reduced fee representation, whether it's through the volunteer lawyer project and the free legal answers online, all of the virtual opportunities that you have had to serve clients. For those of you who have done that, I thank you sincerely, and I encourage you to continue the good work for the citizens of our state. Thank you so much.
2: And now back to Doug Law. We have a new award by the Omaha Bar Association this year. It's called the Integrity in Service Award. And it's named after Lori Smithkamp, who would have been our president at this law day, but unfortunately she's not here. So to honor her legacy and to promote the values and integrity that she's shown through a career and her participation in the Omaha Bar Association and the legal profession, I'd like to introduce Omaha Bar Past President Jennifer Peterson.
6: Good afternoon. My name is Jennifer Peterson, and I served as OBA president in 2012 and 2013. I am honored to be here today to introduce a new award presented by the Omaha Bar Association and to introduce the award's first recipient. In late 2020, we lost one of our very best, a trailblazer, a leader, a mentor, and a friend, Judge Lori Smithcamp. I'm sure most of the attorneys watching this program have your own personal stories about meeting Judge Smithcamp. She made it a point to meaningfully connect with as many attorneys as possible, young or old. Judge Smithkamp's impact on the local legal community cannot be overstated. Her leadership, grace, and judicial philosophy have carved out a legacy that will never be forgotten. At the time of her passing, Judge Smithkamp was president of the Omaha Bar Association, a role she came into during the pandemic and one she was ready to take on to lead us towards safer times. If ever there was a leader to follow during this difficult time, it was Judge Smith Camp. In consultation with her children, Jonathan and Abby, the Omaha Bar Association has created the Lori Smith Camp Integrity and Service Award to be presented annually at our annual Law Day lunch. For those who remember, Judge Smithcamp was a strong supporter of Law Day, rarely if ever missing the May 1st lunch and serving as a keynote speaker for the event in 2008. Always a champion for women's rights, Judge SmithCamp made it clear in her remarks that the rule of law is a large part of opportunity and equity for all, but only when coupled for, with an appreciation and empathy for our common humanity and when we practice integrity in what we do. So powerful and moving were the judge's remarks that Doug Law recently recalled that there was barely a dry eye in the room at the end of her speech. That's the kind of person that Judge SmithCamp was. Wherever she went and whatever she did, she left her mark. Through this award, we hope to recognize those who, like Judge Smith Camp, have left their mark in a positive way. The award criteria are for outstanding contributions above and beyond the call of duty related to the following categories. Advancing diversity and inclusion, improving access to justice, providing pro bono service, mentoring of others, advancing innovation in the legal profession, and or serving and representing the legal community. Eligible awards recipients are not limited to only attorneys, judges, or legal profession or staff. In fact, it should be noted that the award is being given this year to someone who is not an attorney or legal professional, but whose impact can be felt both inside the legal community and outside in significant ways. Our 2021 Lori Smith Camp Integrity and Service Award recipient is Judy Gashkibash. Judy serves as the Executive Director of the Nebraska Commission on Indian Affairs, a position she held since 1995. In her position, Judy serves as a key connecting point in council between federal, state, and tribal governments and courts. Judy has worked to return native remains to tribes, coordinated efforts to, related to the alcohol problem in white clay, and led to numerous efforts to mentor and inspire the next generation of tribal leaders. For those of us in the legal community, many of us have felt Judy's work educating the public about Chief Standing Bear and his trial in federal court here in Nebraska. The trial was groundbreaking because it was the first time that a federal court recognized a Native American as a person under federal law. The Nebraska Commission on Indian Affairs has tirelessly advocated for more recognition of the importance of Chief Standing Bear, and that work has resulted in the annual Chief Standing Bear breakfast with more than 700 people in attendance, a statue on the Capitol grounds in Lincoln, and a bronze statue of Chief Standing Bear in Statuary Hall. Judy and Judge Smithkamp worked together on projects many times over the years, including the Chief Standing Bear statue in DC, drawing attention to the need for legal assistance for tribal daughters who have experienced domestic assault and seeking out solutions to the alcohol problem in White Clay. In selecting Judy Gush-Kibosh for this award, we've not only found someone who meets the criteria of an award bearing the name of Judge Laurie Smithkamp, but also someone who considered her a close friend. Please join me in congratulating Judy on her award. We now hear from Judy. Thank you.
11: I'm honored to receive this distinguished award that bears the name of my dear friend, Lori Smith Camp. I would like to thank the Omaha Bar Association and Lori's children for their recognition of me and their wisdom in naming this award. Lori Smith Camp was someone I admired greatly over the course of a 25-year friendship. Our journey together began at the state capitol and took us to many places where law and government were involved. We joined arms to be warriors for justice. As a person, Lori always sought to find and know the truth about things. She pursued truth through learning and scholarship in a spirit of respect and support for all people. I was so fortunate to have this eloquent and brilliant woman with me on many occasions. She was someone who was present when it mattered. Whether flying to White Clay to address injustice against our Lakota people or voicing strong support to protect Native women against violence, she was there. Most recently, we worked together on the powers act to provide pro bono assistance and protection of the law to those who need it most. She was often present when great achievements were being celebrated. Her elegant spoken words at our standing bear breakfasts always raised the bar. When the Ponca tribe celebrated at the National Museum of the American Indian in Washington, D.C. in 2011. Lori was there. Thanks to her influence, we welcomed Justice Sonia Sotomayor that night and honored her with a round dance. She was with us again at the U.S. Capitol for the Standing Bear dedication in Statuary Hall in 2019. Her love of the arts, literature, and knowledge took many forms. She will be remembered when a new sculpture of the great Nebraskan Willa Cather is dedicated on Capitol Hill. Lori was the donor of that sculpture, and I am blessed to support that project with my daughter, Katie Brossi, doing pro bono work on the project. Her amazing grace sparkling smile and steadfast spirit has been a great inspiration to me. As I go forward, I will take her example to find the inner strength and dedication to search for the truth. Lori Smith Camp's integrity, warmth and kindness truly shined a light on me. I am so thankful for her and for this very special award. We'd love to.
0: Doug Law, Day Committee Co-Chair.
2: And now I'd like to introduce Dave Kokel who will introduce our Day speaker. Now, don't forget to take 0.25 hours of CLE and in order to get that credit, you need to email Dave Summers at the Omaha Bar Association. And uh, Dave had reminded me if you're a junior or a senior, uh, and practicing law that you need to know them, whether you're the dad or the son or so that we can get the proper credit.
1: The Omaha Bar Association is honored to have Professor Mark Shear give the 2021 Law Day keynote address on the rule of law in the United States of America. Dr. Shear is eminently qualified to speak on this topic. He holds a PhD in history from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and a JD from the Ohio State University College of Law. Currently, Dr. Shear is a professor of history at the University of Nebraska at Omaha, where he teaches and publishes primarily in the fields of US constitutional and judicial history, Native American legal history, the regional history of Nebraska and the Great Plains, and the American Revolutionary Era. On a personal note, Dr. Shear and I go back to 1988. So I knew him when he was just Mark, the lawyer who played a mean shortstop on our softball team. Mark and his family moved from Ohio to Nebraska when his wife became a professor at UNO. Mark and I started as associates at an Omaha law firm. A Buckeye might move out of Ohio, but a Buckeye will forever remain a Buckeye fan, especially if he was a Buckeye college baseball player like Mark was. Mark has diplomatically juggled his being a lifelong Buckeye and a Mavericks and a Cornhusker fan. Unless the Buckeyes are playing his employer UNO or his alma mater UNL, and then his allegiance is with the Ohio State University. I can't say as I blame him. While we worked together, I saw Mark's impeccable research and writing skills that made him an amazing appellate brief writer. He is also an accomplished orator, having argued cases in the Supreme Courts of Nebraska and Ohio and in many federal district and circuit courts. After several years as a lawyer in Nebraska, Mark decided that he wanted to trade his business suits at the law firm for the more casual attire of a college professor, in part to pursue research and writing at the academic level, and more likely to spend more time coaching his son's baseball teams and playing more golf. To accomplish this, he did the unthinkable for most lawyers. He left the practice of law, and he earned his master's and doctorate in history. That makes him one of the few double doctors I know. Dr. Shear used his legal training to author four books, including Rights in the Ballots, Free Press, Fair Trial, and Nebraska Press Association versus Stewart, Imperfect Victories, The Legal Tenacity of the Omaha Tribe, and his most recent book, co-authored with John Wunder, titled Echo of Its Time, The History of the Federal District Court of Nebraska. There is not enough time for me to describe his love of pheasant hunting, which I think he will admit is much better in Nebraska than Ohio, but best in South Dakota, or fishing, or his skills at those pastimes. I can say that traveling with him is like having your own personal Rick Steves or Frommer's travel guide with you. It is my pleasure to welcome my friend, Dr. Mark Shear and to hear his thoughts on the rule of law in the United States of America for Law Day 2021. Take it away, Mark.
8: Hello, good afternoon. I I wanna start by uh, thanking the Omaha Bar Association and its leadership, uh, Dave Summers and my buddy, Dave Kokel, among others, for uh, inviting me to speak with you today on this Law Day observance. We are, of course, uh, pre-recording these these comments and uh, I understand that Dave Kokel has introduced me But uh, as I record this in advance, I haven't actually heard Dave's introduction. And uh, if you know Dave, you understand why that worries me a good deal. Um, But because we are close friends with a long history, I think the best thing I can do in response to whatever he said in his introduction um, is to issue a blanket denial of all of the scandalous lies that he probably included in his introduction. And on the off chance that he included any compliments or nice things about me, then I would say that those are completely accurate and thank him for those and move on. So thank you, Dave, for that introduction, whatever it is you may have said. I've been asked to offer a few brief comments this afternoon on the principle of rule of law and perhaps offer some insights on its impact in American and world history. And I said, when I was asked to do this, I I said, sure, I'd be happy to do that. But then when it came time to actually sit down and prepare these comments, I kind of wanted to kick myself because I think rule of law is, is one of those concepts or ideas that I think most people sort of intuitively understand. But if you're asked to articulate its precise meaning or offer a working definition of it um, or provide some sort of penetrating analysis of it, then you risk getting into some ambiguity, some murkiness. Um, kind of brings to mind um, Justice Potter Stewart's effort back in 1964 to define what the Supreme Court considered to be hardcore pornography. He said, I might not be able to define it, but I know it when I see it. In much the same way, I suppose that most of us know what we mean when we talk about the rule of law. We know it when we see it. But despite that common understanding, I think there's some value, and it's more than just academic value. I think there's some value in trying to articulate with some degree of precision what rule of law actually means, to try to identify the key characteristics that I think we can all agree make up this very important idea. So bear with me. Uh, as I take a stab at that now. First, I I would suggest that the rule of law means that the standards that are enacted to govern our society, that is the laws, are made according to established and agreed upon consensual procedures rather than some individual ruler's arbitrary will or whim. Secondly, Rule of law means that the laws are clear. They are published and transparent and openly available to all. Third, and very importantly, the laws are applied equally and equitably to all members of the society, including, and perhaps even especially, to the government and its officials in a rule of law environment all persons are accountable under the law in other words and to use the cliched phrase that we're all familiar with no one is above the law and finally and i think this is perhaps the the element that's most relevant to this particular audience rule of law means that the administration of justice is delivered by competent ethical and independent judges juries and attorneys Reduced to its essence then, I suppose the principle of rule of law is best captured, best summarized in the familiar notion that we are a government of laws and not of men and women. Reduced to its essence then, and certainly throughout our American history, we've considered this rule of law principle to be a fundamental cornerstone of our government, the very foundation of our society and our way of life. We are reminded of it and we cling to it in times of national peril or national emergency or trauma. If you ask me to put on my historian's hat, um, then I, I think we can find a rather inspiring example of this idea by going back to 1783 when George Washington resigned his commission as commanding general of the Continental Army after the final peace agreement ending the American Revolution had been reached and as he sought to retire then from public service. At that moment, Washington was sufficiently popular and influential and he had sufficient military muscle at his disposal that he could have assumed political power in his own hands. He could have become a Caesar or a Cromwell. And there were some within the country who expected and actually hoped that he would do just that. In fact, when King George III, over in London, heard that Washington was voluntarily walking away from that kind of power, some sources indicate that he said something along the lines of, good God, if he does that, he's the greatest man in the world. But Washington did do that. And though he was perhaps not the greatest man in the world at that time or any other time, Washington's actions in disavowing personal power made a significant early contribution to this idea that we were to be a nation of laws and not of individuals. About 80 years later, another American president speaking at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, reminded us of the centrality of this rule of law principle when he said that the devastating civil war that the nation was then in the midst of was a test to see whether a government based on the rule of law, that is what Lincoln famously called a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, could sustain itself, could perpetuate itself through such a bloody existential crisis. And of course, as we now know, it did. More recently in my own lifetime, and I suspect many of you are old enough to remember this yourselves. In his first speech to the American public after assuming the presidency following the resignation of Richard Nixon in the fall of 1974, Gerald Ford explicitly reminded us of this fundamental principle when he said, our long national nightmare is over. Ours is a government of laws and not of men. And of course, looked at from the opposite direction. We can also discern the rule of law by its absence. As yet another American president, Dwight Eisenhower once observed, the clearest way to show what the rule of law means to us is to recall what has happened when there is no rule of law. And of course, there's no shortage of examples in history of episodes where the rule of law has broken down in revolutionary lawlessness, anarchy, or where where ruthless and, and brutal dictators have seized and exercised power in defiance of established rule of law principles. Even the most casual student of history is likely familiar with the abandonment of law and legal processes that have occurred under a Cromwell, a Robespierre, a Mussolini, a Hitler, a Stalin, and countless other reviled dictators throughout history. But here's the tricky part of all this. The presence or the absence Of rule of law can be in the eye of the beholder. Every tyrant, every despot, every oppressive dictatorial regime in history has claimed to be acting pursuant to the rule of law. As I often tell my students, history rarely comes to us in terms of black or white clear cases of moral right and moral wrong, easily recognized good guys and bad guys. Now, to be sure, sometimes those dichotomies are in fact present. Sometimes they are very clear. And I'm not trying to make a case for moral relativism here. But far more common in our history. We are faced with shades of gray. Far more commonly, our history comes to us in those shades of gray. One person's terrorist is another person's patriot or freedom fighter. Again, we can look to the American Revolution for an example of this difficulty. When Tom Paine published his famous and immensely influential pamphlet, Common Sense, back in early 1776, He specifically articulated this idea of a government of laws, rather than monarchial whim. He wrote, in America, the law is king. As in absolute governments, the king is law. So in free countries, the law ought to be king, and there ought to be no other. He then proceeded to urge his readers to throw off the yoke of a British imperial government that, he, that in his view, had become too tyrannical, too oppressive. He argued for separation from a British government that had betrayed the rule of law and violated the colonist rights as Englishmen. In the minds of Payne and all the colonial rebels who joined in the revolutionary cause, they were fighting for the rule of law. But from the British perspective, It was the American rebels who were abandoning the rule of law, casting away the order and stability of the British constitutional government and replacing it with chaos and violence and the destruction of mob rule. And make no mistake about it, there was ample cause for any objective observer to recognize at least some merit in that perspective as well. So, on this law day, where does that leave us? How do we separate the legitimate, genuine rule of law from its pretenders, its usurpers? I don't have an easy or definitive answer for that, and I don't think history does either. But I suppose the best that I can do is to suggest that we return to the definitional elements that we identified A few minutes ago. Accountability, transparency, fair and equitable, and even-handed application of the law. And we can, and perhaps we should, rededicate ourselves to demanding a government and a society that is genuinely true to those definitional constructs. And finally, I would respectfully suggest that we recall with particular emphasis the critical role that this particular audience plays in preserving and perpetuating the rule of law. In our society. You folks. Judges, attorneys, paralegals, court officials and clerks and staff of all sorts, you are the frontline soldiers in the endless pursuit of a just society that is, in fact, characterized by the rule of law. And it seems to me that a reminder of that critical reality is perhaps the best thing that we can possibly take away from this celebration of Law Day 2021. And so I thank you for your time, and I thank you again for allowing me to offer these comments on this great event. Thank you again. Take care, all.
0: We hear from Doug Law for closing statements about Law Day.
2: (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody, for attending. This is the end of the video portion of the Law Day uh, luncheon and video, and we want to see you all in person in 2022 next Up we will have a virtual Zoom area for Law Day to close it out. Uh, For those of you who have friends, uh, lawyers that could not attend at lunch today, we want to let you know that within an hour or two uh, you can tell them to go out to YouTube or Facebook or the Omaha Bar website and they can can view this Law Day luncheon and specifically uh, if they want the CLE credit then they'll have to get in there and and look at the the CLE portion of this Law Day luncheon. For those of you social media savvy members out there watching today, uh, we have a new contest for you. After this is over, uh, go out and use the hashtag OBA Law Day 2021 and take a video of yourself and explain and to people why you're proud to be in the legal profession and what Law Day means to you and your family. And, the, the, and then the OBA will repost that up on its website as part of the stories so that people that are interested can go out and see your explanation and contributions and participation to the legal profession in America. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time and have a good day.